One thing that uh, I'm super excited about is last week, uh, last Sunday, Zach, we had more than 30 people join our church. How cool is that, right? Yeah, 30 plus people joined Sugar Hill Church last week. And then if you look around, you'll notice the tables and the dust has all been gone thanks to Andy and Mikey and their team. But what you'll notice are all these boxes. So these boxes represent a completed 500,000 meals for Gwinnett County. How cool is that? And y'all made that happen. I mean, you kept showing up. Some of you guys came four or five, six times. And I just can't thank you enough for being able to see how this happens and how we'll be able to distribute these to people in need across Gwinnett County. And I'm just so grateful you're here. If you're our guest, whether you're online or whether you're in the building, uh, on your screens here in the room will be on the side and at home will be on your device or television. And there's a, uh, there's a QR code that the fellows are gonna put up for us in a minute. And if you just take your phone, open up the camera app and point it at that QR code, I promise you it's coming. They're gonna point it at that QR code. There it is. And so when you take your phone or device and you open up the camera, matter of fact, if you're a member here, do it anyway so the folks that are new around here won't feel weird like they're the only person. But point it up and point it at that QR code. It'll open up a guest info card for you. And would you be so kind to let us know you were visiting with us today, whether online or in the room? I promise you we won't come bang on your door. We won't bombard your email. But we do have a very cool gift we'd love to send to you as a thank you for being our guest today. It just means the world to us that you would give us this time to celebrate and worship the Lord. Uh, Rachel mentioned that we have pop-ups today. And so uh, I'm doing a pop-up uh, at 10.15 that will last till 10.50 before we start the 11 o'clock service. And my pop-up, Zach, is... And then Karan and Pastor Tripp, both those guys are doing a, uh, a pop-up today on addictions, hidden addictions in your home. How great is that? Pastor Mao is doing Missions 101. If you want to know how do you can get involved and what all kind of things we have planned for... 2021, join Pastor Mao for Missions 101. And then Pastor Carlos has an intriguing pop-up. If I didn't teach one, I'd go to his pop-up today, which is about uh, something, he's got it really granular, how to have a better life. And so uh, just, just take a big shot at that one with Pastor Carlos, which by the way, will be in English. And so uh, I'm so grateful that you'll be a part of that. I also wanna invite you to be a part of giving and the ministry and the worship, the act of worship and giving. So many of you have already given online and thank you. And you guys have been so faithful this year. I'm just beyond grateful and I just can't thank you enough. But if, if you have yet to give and you'd like to give, if you're online and you'd like to participate in what God's doing through Sugar Hill Church, once again, you just take your phone and you open up the camera app, point it at that QR code and it will open an opportunity for you to give. And I encourage you to give generously and joyfully today to all that's going on around here. When I think about uh, 6,500 pairs of shoes going to West Africa, and I think about a half a million meals, and I think about hundreds of backpacks every week, and I think the ministry that the Lord's allowed us to have on 12 public schools, or I think about Care for AIDS, or all those kids that we sponsor in the Dominican. And when I just get thinking about that, I just think, isn't the Lord good that he allows us to be a part of this kind of work? I mean, just how, how awesome is that? So let me pray for us. And again, I wanna thank you for your generosity. God, thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Thank you for the opportunity to worship in person. 
God, I pray for uh, families who are still struggling with COVID-19. And Lord, would you step into their lives and in their homes and bring peace and healing. Lord, for families that are watching online or maybe in the room today, and it's just been a difficult week, Lord, would you deliver peace into their lives today? Deliver us hope and joy, fulfillment. God, give us this sense that we know that we're not God and you are, and we can trust you in all of your ways and in everything that you're doing, that you have our good in mind and that we might, Lord, bring you glory for that. Thank you for the time to worship. Thank you for the fun to be able to come to church and to laugh and to be in friendship and fellowship and community with one another. God, more than anything, I'm grateful that today you want to speak into our heart and you want to draw us close to you. Lord, like that old hymn that Zach sang, we we join in. God, today we've decided to follow you. And we want to do that with all of our heart. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Zach, sing that one more time with us. Join in with us. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. You know, there comes a time where you got to burn the bridges. When you just kind of realize, man, this life is just, what the world offers me is not what Christ offers me. Everywhere I turn in this world, I don't find peace. I don't find hope. I don't, I don't find joy. I find sarcasm and hurt. I, f- I find evil and I feel anger. And Lord, I want to leave what's in that world and I want to join your world. I want to be a part of your kingdom. I want to be a part of your work. And it really is this choice. Like the song says, I, I've decided that I'm going to follow Jesus. It may be an old hymn, but it's never been more true than it is right now today on March the 7th in 2021. I've decided to follow Jesus. Thank you, Zach. We're we're starting this teaching series entitled Road to the Cross. And you know, when most people think about a teaching series entitled Road to the Cross, we think about Easter. And, And we think about what happened during those last few days of Christ's earthly ministry here. And we think that in the middle of that, that that's probably just the culmination of the road to the cross. But the the thing is, the beauty about the cross is that it wasn't the end of the road. It was simply the beginning of the road. Especially when we realize that the road to the cross, we may have known it. If you go to the the Holy Land with me, you'll you'll walk someday on what we know as the Via Dolorosa, the, the road that Jesus walked carrying that cross on the way to Calvary. And we might know that is the road to the cross, but I've come more to believe that the road to the cross is your road to the cross, my road to the cross, an individual road to the cross. If you go all the way back into scripture, you go all the way back to some of the highlights of scripture, kind of the book of Genesis through the book of the Revelation, what you see at the very beginning is that Jesus was there, that in the beginning, 
The Word was God and the Word was God. And the Word is no less than Jesus himself. So at the point of creation where we know that God created the heavens and the earth, Jesus was already there. And here's what I know. Because Jesus the Son was there with God the Father, then what we know is that Jesus the Son always had a road headed to the cross. That from day one, God knew and understood that our lives would be a part of his redemption plan of mankind. And shortly after creation came the fall. The fall is preacher talk for when sin entered the world. This is when Adam and Eve, God's creation, God created the man and woman, God created the heavens and the earth. And upon creating man, he looked and he said, that's good. But then he had to fix something before he even had to fix sin. He looked at Adam and he said, it's not good for you to be alone. And he fixed aloneness. And in that moment, he said, I'm going to create woman. And he reached into man and he grabbed that rib and he pulled it out and he created woman. And all the men said, praise God. And there we had man and woman in creation. And then the opportunity they had within the free will that God gave them, which was God saying, you can eat from anything you want in this beautiful, perfect garden, in this beautiful, perfect world. Don't eat from that tree. But they chose to eat from that tree. And from that moment on, sin entered the world. There came a point where a great flood, God decided, I'm done with this. My creation has gotten so wicked and so evil, but he found this one family and he picked out Noah, Mrs. Noah and their family and all the, two of all the animals. He got them into the, the ark. And the scripture says that, Bible, the, that, that, that God himself closed the door and the rains began to fall. The rains came down and the floods came up and the rains came down and the floods came up. And for 40 days and 40 nights, all of the world was gone except Noah, Mrs. Noah, the animals and the rest of the family. And so they began to have babies. And as those babies grew up and the babies started acting weird because sin was in the world, they began to act more sinful. And at one point, there was a place called the Tower of Babel. And at the Tower of Babel, man decided that they wanted to build this tower that would reach as high as God. And at one point they said, we're going to do this so we can be even with God. We're going to build this tower. And they said that we've proven because we all speak the same language, we can accomplish anything. And God looked upon that and was grieved again by his creation and all of a sudden, in the midst of building this monstrosity, he said, now you're never going to understand each other. And he sent people with different languages from that point to the ends of the earth. Now, at that point, when this starts happening, shortly thereafter, several hundred years, all of a sudden, we find that we have the 12 tribes of Israel. And those 12 tribes are mixed up and all around. And just like we do today, people who speak differently and look differently than us, all of a sudden we have animosity with them. And great animosity came on the world. And once again, God looked at his people and was dearly grieved. But his people he allowed to be brought into captivity under the oppression of the Egyptians. And what we knew then was all of a sudden, we needed deliverance. And after 400 years, God sends Moses and says, I want you to bring my people out of Israel. And Moses says, not me, man. I don't do that. And God said, no, I've chosen you. And this is what's going to happen. And then God begins the point of deliverance. At this point, I want to stop and read a piece of scripture to you that relates to something Rachel told you in the video. 
That Easter week, Monday through Thursday, there'll be about a 15-minute video each night explaining each one of these promises. And the promises happen in the book of Exodus in the Old Testament, chapter 6. Listen to what the Bible says in chapter 6, verse 6. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, this is God saying to Moses, tell them this. He says, I am the Lord, I will free you from your oppression. That's promise number one, which by the way happens to also be cup number one in that video series. Then he says, I will free you from your oppression, and here's promise number two, and will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. And then he throws a third promise out. He says, and I will redeem you with a powerful arm. And then he says in verse seven, he says, and I will claim you as my own people. And so what we see now is that God has chosen once again to salvage and redeem his people. And he says, I'm going to save you. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to redeem you. And then I'm going to call you my own. Now, if you're sitting here wondering, what does all of this have to do with me in 2021? Well, let me just stop and say that going back from the time in which sin entered the world through March 7, 2021, not much has changed in the world. We, we know more, but we seem to be no more wise. We have more access to information, but we seem to have no wisdom that goes along with it because we're still in need of salvation. We still need to be delivered. We still need to be redeemed, and we still need to recognize whose we are. And you see, we're just like the people of Israel because shortly thereafter, God delivers them from the hands of the Egyptians that begin the 40-year journey through the desert. Moses goes away to be with God. He comes down from the mount with the Ten Commandments because God had to say to people at that time, you shouldn't kill each other. Now, you might say, well, that seems awfully simple. We would know that that's wrong. But you know why he had to say it to those people at, right, right at that time contextually? Because if they got mad at their neighbor, they killed them. So in some ways, we've come pretty far, haven't we? And yet in other ways, we're just like the people of Israel. We just wander from God, and then God welcomes us home. We wander from God, and then we cry out to God and ask for his help, and then he's always there to welcome us. He's never once failed to redeem the people of Israel. And then finally, they have to step into the water where Joshua says, you got to carry the Ark of the Covenant across the River Jordan that's raging and high in that season, and they're saying, but there's no way we'll drown. And he says to the priest while he's carrying the Ark of the Covenant, he says, step in the water and watch what happens. And sure enough, they took that ark and they stepped in the water and immediately God once again stopped the waters. Now these are people who their ancestors had seen some 40 years earlier, God part the Red Sea. And yet they kept wandering. Has it ever occurred to you that you thought, if I were right there and I saw God part the Red Sea, I'd never wander from God again? Well, here's proof that you would, they did. Well, if I saw God part the Jordan so that I could walk across, I would never wander from God. And yet, we're just like them. We part the water again. We're just like them. And then along the way, God says, okay, I've had enough of this where we're gonna, we're, we're, I'm, I'm tired of y'all slaughtering and, and killing animals so the shed blood for the forgiveness of sin. We're done with that. I want to give one solution for all time. And he sends his son Jesus to be born in that little stable that we know is Christmas. 
And then, as he becomes a young man, he calls his disciples to be a part of a ministry of healing and teaching, literally changing the world. And then comes the death and the burial and the resurrection, the Easter story as we know it. And in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus, God was able to say that there still requires the shedding of blood for the forgiveness of every bad choice, every selfishness, every sin, And yet, I'm going to provide the perfect lamb. So you stop killing these animals. And the perfect perfect lamb is my son Jesus, who never sinned, who experienced everything that we could possibly experience and being able to be tempted. And yet, he never took it up on it. He was always perfect and yet willingly gave his life. But the Lord Jesus there in the Garden of Gethsemane said, God, if there's any other way, take this cup from me. But clearly there wasn't, and God allowed the Lord Jesus to die on that cross. And do you remember the story as Jesus is hanging on the cross with nails in his hands and nails in his feet, and the fellow to the other side, a common thief, says, Lord, would you remember me when you go to your place? And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, no, you didn't have a chance to walk an aisle at church. He says, no, no, you didn't didn't have a chance to get baptized. No, you never had an opportunity to partake in communion. No, you didn't join the certain denomination. No, you didn't sing this kind of music. Or you didn't sing that kind of music. Or you did sing this kind of music. None of those things the Lord said. What Jesus heard was this person saying, Lord. He heard that one word, Lord. The recognition that I need to surrender my life to the Lord who can own me and direct me and bring me what the whole world cannot bring me. And Jesus looks at this common thief and says, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Come on. Is that good or what? Yeah, so the ministry, though, comes on because shortly thereafter, Peter, who Jesus says, I'm going to build this church, and Peter goes out and he preaches the resurrected Jesus who came that all mankind, Jew, Gentile, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, fat, skinny, bald, hairy, whoever you are, Jesus came and died so that you could have life more abundantly today and you could have life in eternity forever so that Jesus could say, today you'll be with me in paradise. And I'm thinking to myself, how could somebody love me that much? I'm 61 and I am just like the people of Israel. I wander to and from. I have seasons when I walk with Jesus and I feel like I'm just completely abiding in him. And then I have seasons where it's like, God, forgive me. Can I run home again? And every time God says, come on, you're my child. Come on. And then the reformation happens where we begin to realize that, wait a minute, I don't have to go through man. I can speak directly to God. I I don't need a pastor or a priest or a prophet. There's this thing called the priesthood of the believer where I can go directly to God because Jesus made a way for me to have a hotline with God. And all of a sudden, there was a radical change in the whole world that said, wait a minute, I can talk to God. I mean, even Coach Wyman can talk directly to God. If he he can, anybody can. If I can, anybody can. 
If you can, anybody can. And then that gets us all the way to today. And this road to the cross is your road to the cross. It's your road. You know what I've noticed about the road to the cross? That it's, there's potholes in it. There's boulders I smack up against sometimes. Man, there's other knuckleheads on the road that just slap me. And there's folks that dog cuss me. And there's folks that just don't like me. And then I run across other Christian folks and they just criticize me. And I've just noticed the road to the cross is not a piece of cake. So sometimes I just... I swerve off and I get on an exit ramp and all of a sudden I realize it's so much worse because I'm all alone. And it's like, I, God, I, I can't do this anymore. I've had all this mess I want. And then I realize he came with me. Even though I didn't stay on his road, he came with me. And he reminds me deep in my soul, but son... I want you to come back to this road. I never promised to be easy, but I always promised I, I, I would be better than AAA. I am always here for you. When you blow out a tire, I've already fixed it. When your battery's dead, I'll give you juice. When you're weary, I'll, I'll give you energy. When, when you're just exasperated, I'll give you peace. And I'm like, well, I want back on that road. And God says, well, then come on. And by the way, while you're here, see there's other people on the road? Yeah. Well, you know, Jesus died on his road to the cross so that everybody from that point forward would be on a road that would inevitably lead us all the way to heaven. And those folks on the road, Chuck, they're as imperfect as you are. They're just as, they're still sinful people. It's just I'm with them and I'm forgiving them as they walk with me and talk with me along life's weary way. And Chuck, they've just decided to surrender their life and trust me that if you'll stay on this road with God, you really can have a far greater journey on this earth and you really can have eternity in heaven with me. And I get back on that road and I keep going again. And can I tell you, I, I'm still going to have seasons where it's just a disaster. And then somebody does 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and throws down on me. And I'm like, yeah, I can do this. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you're doing he says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you're doing. He says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just, in fact, you're doing. But why? Because I'm on the same road that Jesus is on. I'm on the same road that the Spirit of God gave me to be on. And I want to be on that road with you. And as weird and as different as we are, God says, but encourage one another and build each other up because you're on my road. You're headed to my house. And yet, man, you go to Facebook and you make some comment that somebody doesn't agree with and it's all of a sudden war. I mean, we're deleting friends left and right and... 
And all the while, I think the Lord is saying, you know what, you people of Israel, you're still wandering in a desert. Just stay on the road. I've got you. I want to hold you. Encourage one another. Build each other up. Just as, in fact, you're doing. I'll finish because I, I ran across this contract the other day that I'd used in a men's retreat 100 years ago. And I thought, how appropriate for this road to the cross. Dear Lord, I give myself to you without reservation and surrender to you my will, my mind, my emotions, my body, my plans, my hopes, and my dreams. I give to you my home, my marriage, my spouse, my children, my geographical location, my recreation, my entertainment, my career. I commit into your hands my successes, my failures, my habits, my finances, my problems, my time, my integrity, my character, my attitude, my business conduct and relationships, my Christian walk, and my response to authority. And I'm relinquishing all of the following rights to you. I'm relinquishing my right to my possessions, to take up offenses, my reputation, the acceptance from others, to handle or control my addictions, success, to be right to presume upon what your will might be for me, to avoid reaping from what I have sown, for beauty or from strength, to change others, to friendships and life itself, and to be heard and anything else that I may not have mentioned. Lord, I give you permission to do anything that you wish with me, to me, in me, and through me. I claimed the above, once was mine, now I acknowledge they all belong to you and are under your control. And I know, Jesus, that you'll never give that ownership back to me, and I accept that I am not my own, that I am the temple of the Spirit of God, and that I have been bought with a price, your blood, that I might have life in abundance and life eternal. When I read that, I think to myself, I need to remind myself of that every single day. If you have any desire to receive this from me, will you just shoot me an email? Chuck at sugarhillchurch.com. It's not hard to remember. Chuck at sugarhillchurch.com. And I'll send you this contract for you to share with your family. But maybe you're watching online today. Or maybe you're in this room and you know, say, you say Chuck, I, I need to get on that road. I need on the road where Jesus is walking. I need on the road where... Christ is Lord. I need on the road that leads to heaven. And my friend, there's no magical prayer and there's no magical aisle to walk. There's no magical church to join. Because the scriptures say, call on the name of the Lord. Do you remember those four promises back in Exodus? I will save you. I will deliver you. Oh my stars, I will redeem you. And I will call you as my own. This is the road to the cross. Don't you want to be on that road? Friend, if your desire today is, Chuck, I want to settle that. Maybe I've thought I've done that in the past. Or maybe I've never chosen that road. I want to settle that right now. How do I do it? You call on the name of the Lord. You say, Chuck, I, don't, I totally don't get what that means. It's this simple. Jesus would you come into my life and be the boss of my life? Be the Lord. I want to thank you that you died for me and you rose from the dead to pay for my sin. And that you came back so that 
you could create a home in heaven when I trust you and call on your name today. So thank you for hearing my prayer. I want to make a U-turn with my life. I want to live for you, not for me. I want to get on your road. Let's pray. Man, today with heads bowed and eyes closed, whether you're at home or you're in this room, you say, Chuck, that's me. I either want to settle that once and for all or that's me for the first time in my life. If that's you, I'm going to ask you just right now, just slip your hand up so I can see you. All it takes is one. Just slip your hand up so I can see you. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Lord, we have decided to follow you and to praise you on this journey. Lord, give us the courage to encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, we are doing. God, let us be a people that would encourage and build each other up on the road to the cross. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I can't get over the fact that I believe there's still somebody in this room that would say, Chuck, I want to settle my relationship with Jesus today. And before you go, I want to give you an opportunity to slip your hand up so I can know who you are. Is there anybody else who would say, Chuck, man, that's me. I want to settle that. I want to give you just a minute. Lord, we love you. And we're grateful for you. God bless these 500,000 meals that are go to people. God, with those shoes still in transit, bless every pair of shoes that goes on a kid in West Africa. God, this week, help us to memorize the scripture, to pick up that packet and be mindful that we are to encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, we are doing. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray all these things. Amen, amen, and amen. Church, I want to thank you. What a great church filled with great people. And I'm just so grateful for you. So today, let this Jesus we've talked about go before you on that road and make a way and make your crooked path straight. Let him go within you on that road to bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment because, oh my goodness, he is always good and you are always loved. And let that Jesus on that road, when you splat up against a boulder or run across a pothole or some knucklehead just kind of knocks you across the head, let him come behind and pick you up and carry you through the middle of that problem only to set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears, kiss you on the forehead and wrap his loving arms around you so you can hear your Savior say, my child, I love you. God bless you, friends. Go in peace.